that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman Webb. Is that really in the Bible? Do you ever get sick of watching the news because there's nothing but bad news? I mean, I'm talking about even your local news, there is nothing but bad news. I mean, it's some murder, it's some rape, it's some robbery going on every single day, even at a local level. You know, the FBI crime report, and this is, I'm gonna put this up here, this is 2011, but it says one murder every 36 minutes, one forcible rape every 6.3 minutes, one robbery every 1.5 minutes. Now, I want to talk about God's divine law today. Adherence to God's divine law would almost eliminate, get this, all crime. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, what kind of society have we become when a murder occurs every 36 minutes? Do you think you're safe when you go to the store or you go to the grocery store or you go to your local Walmart, one rape every 6.3 minutes, one robbery every 1.5 minutes, you come home to your home, you got a stack of keys, you know, in your pockets, Wears your pockets out, but that's the only way you can be safe. You know, you had to keep your doors bolted, locked up. No, you're really not safe according to these statistics. You know, when I think about this, this is insanity, what we have become as a nation. It's unsafe to live in America. And God says there is a way through divine law almost to eliminate crime. And that's what I want to look at today. You know, we don't think about crime until you're a victim of it, or a loved one is a victim of crime. You know, I once read a, a heart-rending story. It was a father telling his story about a, his daughter that got snatched away at, I don't know where they were at, some big shopping center. They looked around, all of a sudden, their little girl is gone. And um, I guess they found her later dead. Maybe her head cut off or something. I don't know, but she, she ended up dead. But he told the story about while this was going on at night, he would go out in the middle of the night and he would just scream her name. Where are you? Oh, the agony, the agony of a father and a mother, what they're going through. And this occurs all the time, you know? Children being, uh, you know, snatched away, children being molested, children being raped. This is the society in which you live in. And I want to look at divine law that <clears throat> the creator of mankind, you know, the creator of mankind, think about it. Here, here's the creator of mankind. And he knows how to prevent, you know, the human nature side, the side that's bent on toward evil and doing wrong things. He knows how to prevent, he knows, since he is the creator, he knows how to prevent crime, okay? You know, 2 uh, Chronicles uh, 7 and verse 14, 
says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal, hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. And I'm telling you, way too much emphasis has been placed on this verse of let's just pray. Let's all get all the Christians together and we, we just need to pray. Well, let me tell you something. I think we're beyond the point of just prayer. This talks about if you will seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Now, how we're going to do that as a society? How we're going to lessen these statistics? You know, one murder every 36 minutes. You know, one forcible rape, rape every 6.5 minutes. How, how are we going to turn from our wicked ways? You know, if your nation will live by, God says, if, if your nation will live by my divine law, then I will heal your land. Yeah. Notice Isaiah 1 and verse 15. God says, and when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Now this is talking to religious people, by the way. It's saying, God is saying, oh, when you, when you spread forth, oh, Lord, I just love you, Jesus. I'm in church and I'm, I'm praising God and I just feel so spiritual. God says, when you raise your hands, I, my, I will hide my eyes from you. He's talking to religious people. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. What's he talking about? Your hands are full of blood. Well, he's talking about your nation. Your nation is full of blood. Skip on down to Isaiah 1 and verse 21. How is the faithful city become a harlot? You know, when you read prophecy, let me tell you something. When you read prophecy, you can, it's almost as if you can just apply it to America. You could say, how has America become a harlot? Yeah, you could say, a nation that at one time was faithful, okay? It was full of judgment. Let's continue on. Yeah, righteousness lodged in it. There was a time, we could say this, of, of America. But now, notice this, but now murderers. Oh my goodness, who do you suppose this is talking to? Well, how about good old Uncle Sam? That's who it's talking to. One murder every 36 minutes? Now your land is full of murderers. You have rejected my divine law is what God is saying. Now let's take a look at man's law on murder. If a man goes out and murders somebody, and again, there's a big difference between murder and killing. Uh, murder is premeditated. Killing in wartime, killing in self-defense, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But murder is when, you know, it's premeditated. It's, it's, it's when you take another person's life. So if you do that in America, you're going to serve probably 10 to 20 years in prison. That's man's law on murder. Uh, it costs about 64000 a year in a maximum security prison to keep a person in there. For one year, about $64,000. So if he serves 20 years, he's, you, you, listen, 20 year sentence, it's going to cost about $1,280,000. Now guess who pays for that? You do. I do. It's called taxes. That's who pays for it. In other words, we pay for these murderers to sit in prison for 20 years. Is that justice? Is that what you call divine law? No, it's not. It's not at all. 
Let's take a look at God's divine law here, what he says about this. In Exodus 21 and verse 14, But if a man come presumptuously upon his neighbor to slay him with guile, you shall take him from your, mine altar that he may die. Now the word presumptuous is, means proud, it means presume, it means premeditated. You're talking about someone that goes out and murders someone. And it says you take him out and you do what? You, you, you kill him. That's right. Deuteronomy 17 and verse 6. It says, at the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses shall he that is worthy of death be put to death. But at the mouth of one witness, he shall not be put to death. In other words, back then you had a, a system. Um, you couldn't just go on hearsay from one witness. You had to have two or three witnesses. It's like our courts today where you take the evidence, you have the witnesses, you have the DNA evidence or whatever, and at the mouth of two or three witnesses, you put him to death. Once he is tried and found guilty, you put him to death. It was a judgment process, much like our courts today. The difference is, again, the difference is, if found guilty, you put him to death. You don't put him in a motel for 20 years, a high security prison where it costs $64,000 a year, and you're the one paying for it. Now, you may not know this, but in ancient Israel, there was no such thing as incarceration in the, in the Bible. I mean, they just, they had a holding place that they kept criminals, but then they were quickly tried and dealt with, okay? So I go back to, in other words, the concept of locking people away in a maximum security prison, they didn't have anything like that back then. There was no such thing as incarceration. Deuteronomy 17 and verse 7. It says, the hands of the witnesses shall be the first upon him to put him to death. Now that's interesting. The hands of the witnesses are the first upon him. They're the first to throw the rock or flip the switch, you know, the power button on the electric chair or whatever. And afterwards, the hands of the people. So shall you put the evil from away from among you. Yes, that's the reason for it. Is it is to eliminate other people mimicking this kind of behavior. You know, lethal injection, I think the drug that they use to do that cost about $86. Uh, that's not bad, not bad at all, compared to $64,000 a year in a maximum security prison to keep some thug in there for 20 years. Now, one of the dumbest statements I've ever heard in my lifetime is that capital punishment does not deter crime. That's the stupidest statement I've ever heard in my life. I, I don't know, how can anybody with three brain cells lined up in a row even believe that? I mean, you know, at least it, 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 it prevents crime, at least from the one individual. You know, you, if you put the murderer to death, he's not going to come up out of the grave and go kill again. Well, I think we all understand that, don't we? But the reason for this, so shall you put evil from away from among you. It was, it was a public example. In other words, it was to create fear from the justice system. That justice is served. And if you do this, this is what happens to you. Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 11 explains it well. It says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. 
There's a reason people's hearts are set on evil. It's because there's no justice. You, you get caught and there may be 20 years before it even goes to court. And then once it goes to court, you get a slap on the wrist, you get two or three years in prison, and then you're out on the street again. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. The hearts of criminals are fully set to do them, to continue the evil, to continue the evil. You know, it was on Facebook, I, there was this little clip about, I think it was over in Saudi Arabia where it was some American over there dropping his billfold deliberately, and every time one of these guys would pick it up and give it back to him, you know, he'd drop it again, pick it up and give it back to him. Do you know why that's true? It's because over there, if you're caught stealing, they cut off your hand. And they say you never see one of these guys walking around with both hands cut off. Uh, you just never see that. But um, Now, I know that's harsh. That, that sounds harsh. Let's see what the Bible says about this subject of stealing. First of all, let's deal with man's law on theft. You know, you may get 10 years in prison uh, at the expense of the citizens. Uh, but let's notice Exodus 22 and verse 4. Uh, I'm reading from the ISV version here. If what was stolen is actually found alive in his possessions, whether it be an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he is to repay double. Now, this was an agrarian society. This is how they made their livings. And this is why it's referred to, you know, they didn't have color TVs back then. But um, <clears throat> so it's, it's referring to the animals here. So let's, let's bring it up in our society. If a man steals a TV, okay, he pays back double. So if someone steals your TV, you get two TVs. That's pretty cool, I think. I like that. This is, this is God's justice system here. <clears throat> All right, Exodus 22 and verse 1. If a man steal, uh, shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. Now, why the difference between the two beasts? Well, because one was more productive. Obviously, the ox was more productive here. So, you know, I mean, in other words, you judged it based on what was more productive. You know, in our work, we do masonry work, stone work. We have wheelbarrows and we have cement mixers. So if you got, someone stole your wheelbarrow, you know, that's, that's less production there. The cement mixer is more productive. So if someone stole a wheelbarrow, you know, you'd replace four. And if someone stole your mixer, which is more highly productive uh, because it's a machine, you know, all that, you get five of them back. Okay, now how was this handled? Who paid for this? All right, <clears throat> let's continue on. Exodus 22 and verse 3. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold. In other words, if he can't pay it back. If he can't pay it back, he shall be sold for his theft. Now, back then, slavery was allowed. You could be sold as a slave. And God had certain laws about owning a slave, how to treat them. But in other words, if you didn't have the money to pay it back, you would be sold as a slave and you had to work until the debt was paid. Work teaches skills. It improves behavior. It reduces the tendency for crime. We all know this. All right. Deuteronomy 17 and verse 12. And the man that will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priests that stands to minister there before the Lord, thy God, or unto the judge, even that man shall die and shall, and so shall you put evil, the evil from away from, is, from Israel. In other words, if the, if the thief says, I'm not gonna work, 
I'm not, I refuse to work. I just want my three hots and a cot in prison or whatever. And that's where I want to be. If he refuses to do this, you put him to death. Hey, he's got a choice. He can work and pay back <clears throat> four times what he stole or five times what he stole from the individual. He, he has that choice. He can work and pay it back or he can be put to death. That's his choice. And it only costs $86 to put someone to death by lethal injection. That's not a bad price at all. This is God's divine law is what we're talking about here. Deuteronomy 13 and verse 11. And all Israel shall hear and fear and shall do no more any such wickedness as this is among you. Yeah, I mean, the purpose of this kind of harsh sentence is to cause people to fear the justice system. And to realize justice will be served if you do these things. As a nation, we don't understand what justice is. Let's, you know, our, our pathetic attitude is, well, let's just be nice to the mass murderer. Oh, he just bludgeoned and raped 25 women. Let's be nice. Let's don't put him to death. I tell you, we don't understand justice at all. Exodus 21 and verse 24 says this, it says, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. You know, just recently in the news, I heard about a girl, a teenage girl, they found her walking down the road. She was burnt, totally, I mean, I don't even know how she, she walked, but the only part of her body that wasn't burnt was the soles of her feet. She made it to the hospital, but then died later. Someone had taken her, stopped her car, poured lighter fluid down her throat and all over her body and lit her on fire. Her car was burned out. That's the reason she was walking. But, you know, and the father was telling his story, you know, who, who, he said, who would have done something like this to my daughter? Now, what do you think justice is? Do you think justice is storing these idiots away when, when they catch these people who did this, if they ever do, what do you think justice is? I, I'll tell you what justice is. It, you douse them with gasoline and you throw a match on them. That's what justice is. But you know, we've got so many bleeding hearts in America. Oh, that's barbaric, you know. You know, I'm telling you, there are some people who think, a lot of you think you're more righteous than God because you wouldn't dare do anything like that. Oh, you would never, you know, strike for strike, burning for burning. You'd never do that. Oh, we can't go down to their level. Yeah, we think we're more righteous than God. And yet here we are in a nation. We're so righteous that we have, 30, we have one murder every 36 minutes. We're so righteous, but we have a forcible rape every six and a half minutes. We're so righteous, but we have a robbery every one point, one and a half minutes. That's how righteous we are. No, we're not righteous. We're stupid. We're stupid. Deuteronomy 13 and verse 11 again says, And all Israel shall hear and fear and shall do no more any such wickedness as this is among you. This is divine law. You know, there was a guy named Ted Bundy. He was a serial killer, a rapist. On record, they, they, they said about 25 women, but <clears throat> they speculated maybe as many as 50. He would uh, rape and bludgeon them to death. It was just a, a heinous crime. 
um, that he did. But uh, anyway, anyway, he was finally executed. Thank God he was finally put to death. But man's law on rape, let's take a look at that. You know, man's law is maybe five years in prison at the taxpayer's expense. He may serve three years and then he's released back into society again to go out and do it all over again. Now let's take a look at God's divine law on rape. Deuteronomy 22 and verse 25. If a man meets a girl in the country who is engaged to be married and then rapes her, the man alone, the one who had sexual relationship with her, sexual relations with her, must die. Okay, this is divine law on rape. You kill the, well I shouldn't say, okay. You kill him. Okay, you kill him. Uh, the, now let, let, me, let, me, let me digress a little bit and say something. These laws were given under a theocracy. That's the rule from the top down. The difference between back then and now is this. Back then you had nothing that promoted murder, theft, rape. In that society back then there was nothing that promoted these sins. You understand what I'm saying? Just look at our society today. We promote murder. I mean, look at the favorite sitcoms, you know, CSI or whatever. I can't think of all the names of the programs. But it's, it, what they're about is a fascination with murder. They said in the latest Rambo movie, the first few minutes there was like 20 murders taking place within just the first 15 minutes of that movie. Video games that children play that portray, that have you murder and they even have video games where you rape women in the video game. Yeah, parents, you need to check this stuff out that your children are playing, the video games that your children are playing. If they're R-rated, throw it away. So we live in a society, society that promotes murder. We live in a society that promotes stealing. Just watch commercials. It's like if you don't have this four-car garage, this BMW, the latest iPad, the latest iPhone, if you don't have all these gadgets, if you don't have these vacations, if you don't have this car, if you don't have these types of clothes, clothing, well, if I don't have it, I'll just go out and take it. I'll just go out and steal it. Yeah, it's a materialistic obsession with things that we have in our, we live in a society that promotes stealing. We live in a society that promotes murder. We live in a society that promotes rape, pornography, internet pornography. You know, 30 years ago, you didn't even have internet pornography. Now, in the privacy of one's home, people can, boys can look at this garbage and, you know, there's just a, it's a cause. You become what you think about, okay? There's a monster inside of all of us and all you gotta do is just feed it the wrong kind of material. And if you're feeding your mind that kind of garbage, you can become a Ted Bundy who goes out and rapes and kills. We live in a society that promotes evil. So you might ought to be thankful that we're not living under a theocracy today where those harsh penalties are executed. But I want to tell you something. A theocracy is coming it's called the kingdom of God on this earth. And it's going to come at Christ's return. When he returns to this earth, he's going to set up what is called the kingdom of God on this earth. And it will be 
a theocracy. And it will be a kingdom where these laws that I just went through on murder and rape and stealing will occur. That will be the sentence for people doing these things. But you got to understand, there will be nothing in this godly society when Christ sets up his kingdom. There will be nothing that promotes evil. Our entertainment will not promote rape, murder, stealing, okay? And since there's nothing to promote it, the penalty will be extremely harsh for breaking those laws. Revelation 21 and verse 27 says this, and there shall in no wise enter into it, that's the kingdom of God, anything that defiles, neither whatsoever works an abomination or makes a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. In other words, there's not going to be any more rape, no more murder, no more stealing. I want you to order this publication. Maybe I'll have a time to advertise it at the end of this program. But the coming utopia, it's, the, it's about the kingdom of a God that is coming to this earth. It's about also training future leaders. For the last 2,000 years, God has been calling a first fruit out who will take part in this coming utopia at Christ's return. It's, it's sort of hard to wrap your mind around, but God needs a little bit of help. After all, we're the ones that have, have experienced this ungodly society of murder and rape and, and people stealing. And so with God's spirit, we can learn how to deal with these issues and execute the right kind of judgment. But that's what this is about, training future leaders. Your part in this kingdom that's coming to this earth, you need this material. I tell you, you, do. you need this material. So what I'm saying is this, and you can put this in your pipe and smoke it, a better world is coming. Don't ever lose hope of that. I know it looks grim. I know it looks bad. When you watch your local TV and world news, you think, oh my goodness, what is going on? What are we doing? I don't know if I can stomach any more bad news. And of course the media obsesses on bad news because they know people like it. I mean, it's what sells it seems, bad news. Yeah, dirty laundry, that's what people like. But listen, you can't lose hope because a better world is coming. And that's what's really in your Bible. Man has the intellectual capacity to design spaceships to take him to the moon and back to invent the computer, and to do other marvelous exploits in the physical, material realm. Yet during man's nearly 6,000 years on Earth, he has proved that he cannot solve his problems with fellow men. Through the ages, man has tried to bring about a utopian paradise by every conceivable means, yet without success. He has attempted to live by every imaginable type of government. He has even tried living without any government at all absolute anarchy. All of them have failed miserably. Why has this been so? Jesus Christ is going to return to set up his kingdom on this earth. And right now, God is in the process of training future leaders that will teach true education. But what is true education? Find out by ordering The Coming Utopia. In this publication, you will learn of God's system for re-educating society. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 
24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.